0: Hosea 4:6 says my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. So now that we have this knowledge, we have to remember to walk in 2 Timothy 1:7, which says for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of
1: love and of a sound mind.
2: When he turned his back from shoulder to shoulder, looked like as wide as the tailgate of a truck. This thing let out the most blood-curdling, mind-blowing, spine tingling Scream that you've ever heard in your life And it cut through me like a knife And I knew that they were going to take me I just knew it And then the next thing I can remember is being levitated Well, when I look in there um, I see two big eyes staring back at me Hello and welcome listening to the bump podcast a place for the believers of the unexplained monsters and paranormal join us and we'll go face to face with what goes bump in the night small group today, <laughs> we've got about half the church missing, but um, what I wanted to talk about today, I don't know if you guys have noticed, I probably mentioned this last time, but every every time I come up here, it's about spiritual warfare, uh, and the reality of spiritual warfare. Now, this is no different. Um, the very first time I came up was in December of last year, and kenny asked me to you know for months ahead of that and i told him no but it was obvious that i was, I was supposed to you know god had gave me a message but i thought it was a one and done i thought i was gonna come up here one time so it was just like a big information dump i'll come up here and just told everything i had on my mind everything i you know i thought i was supposed to talk about and i left it at that so today what i wanted to do was kind of go back into some of that and pull some of it apart and just dig into what, what I was talking about.
3: Um,
2: in Ephesians, on uh, chapter 6, verse 12, we'll, we'll read it here in a second, but there's a word in that. He says that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with principalities and powers of the air, right? Amen. All right. So that word, principalities, we hear it all the time. That's who we fight against. Yeah, come on. But we never really go into what's a principality you know so we're gonna we're gonna get into that and hopefully make some sense of it all it's a there's a lot of revelation in this that was given to me and I, I, I told Kenny before church started like I felt like I was I said I felt like I was high all day you know I've just been so excited just like a goofy smile on my face all day I just uh, I just felt so good and I feel like you know God's blessed this and I, I hope that i get it through the way he wants me to um it's a little different than what i had thought it was going to be when i started um but here it is um all right so principalities if we look around the church for a second we can see that you know we all love each other we have a lot of faith in this little church but for that reason, naturally and supernaturally, this church and us individually, we're going to be under attack. Um, we can think about personal examples. Yes. We can we can think about other people in this church that are that example. You know, if we think about our kids have come under attack, yes. our finances, there's been rumors spread all about us. Um, and then there's distractions, yes. you know, something that, that would keep people from from making it to church. Like I said, we've got like eight or ten missing right now. Yeah. Um, it's always something, those little challenges. But like Paul says, our battle is not with flesh and blood. That's right. So those people who are spreading rumors or being used to distract us, you know, they're either a willing vessel or unwittingly they're a vessel for these principalities, for these demonic forces to be used against us to keep, you know, to keep us from God.
3: Amen. That's
2: good. So then we would ask, who are principalities, or what are principalities? How can we fight against these principalities? Well, there's, there's a whole lot of questions like that, but re, in reality, there's only a couple of answers. And it's not because God's vague, it's because it's simple, you know, in words, uh, what we can do to stop it. So we'll go ahead and we'll read. I have 15 verses to read today, so I hope you guys are ready. There's more verses than there are people in here, I think. <laughs> so we'll, uh, I want to read them both out of the KJV and the New American Standard, both of them. Um, I know Jess has American Standard. I, I have one up here, so we can read out of those if nobody else has one. But uh, out of the King James, anybody who wants to tackle it, let's just go around okay. the church and so everybody gets some of it. Um, We're going to read Ephesians 6, 12 first. So we'll just start off with that one. I'll do that. Go ahead. The
3: Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high
2: places. All right. And American Standard. Yes, you want to take it?
4: No. So for our struggle is not but the forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness the
2: heavenly places. right it's not much different at all the real difference is KJV says principalities and powers American Standard calls them rulers and powers okay so right there it tells you that principality is a ruler and you look at the word principality, the word prince is the first syllable, right? So it it gives you a hint as to what what these are. Okay? Um, My study Bible, when we broke it down the first time, said that these rulers, what that really means is demon, princes, and chiefs. So these are chief demons, okay? Just like angels have a structure, the demonic realm has a structure. Alright? So these are uh, demon princes and chiefs. So if you're a A ruler. If you're a prince, what's your kingdom? Right. That's right. So we're going to dig into the word, and I'm going to show you exactly what that is. Um, Paul uses Ephesians to set us up to understand the battle that Christ has already won. Right. So now they're they're just after us. We are the images of God. So they're after His imagers because Christ has already won the the main event. Right. Alright, so we're going to read again in the KJV. Same same book, Ephesians, but let's read chapter one, verses nineteen through twenty-one. So nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one. I'm gonna Did you say chapter one. Chapter one. You read? Yep. <clears throat> nineteen, twenty, and twenty
4: one. Yes, sir. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power? which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That's
2: right. Wow, that's amen. All right. And the American Standard is not too much different. It's going to say... And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. So right there it tells us that God raised Jesus from the dead. And in those three days, Jesus took authority over death, Yes. right? Yeah. Paul goes on to say in Colossians 2.15, I know he <laughs> opened up church with 2.14, but in 2.15 to say that Jesus made a public display yeah. over death. He, he triumphed over these principalities and powers. Thank you, Lord. So let's go to Colossians yes. and read 2.15. This, this is all to understand who these are and, and what's going on, okay? Amen. So 2.15, uh, King James, who wants that one? Okay. Okay.
4: That's
2: awesome. That's right. That's awesome. American Standard says, when he disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him, through God. Okay. Well,
3: oh, is that what he just? What he did was he just he just openly he said you were defeated. Yes. Okay, and he just took them out right there, didn't he? Yes.
2: That's and, awesome. and it's uh it's further explained. we I'm going to explain it. Okay. Um, his public display was the crucifixion. Yeah. That's where he won. And it's a lot to wrap your head around, but I'm I'm going to explain it right here. And it's, I had to read this several times before it clicked, like, what's he really talking about? And it's back in Ephesians again. Uh, It's chapter three. And again, Kenny touched on this. He hit in the middle of this last week. So it's it's like we've been circling around this whole thing about how God took this victory and how it worked. Amen. We're going to go to chapter 3 of Ephesians, verses 8 through 12. Am read ready? Yep.
0: Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what, what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm -hmm. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. And whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Amen.
2: All right. Amen. That's good. I don't even need to read that in the American (laughs) Standard. I think we can just we can take from that Um, to bring to light to these principalities and powers. alright right. Mm. Jesus is showing the principalities and powers in a public display through the crucifixion. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. The manifold (laughs) wisdom of God. Yes. Manifold means many angles. Okay. So. It's from every angle you can think of. God is ahead of these demons. Right? right. And through the crucifixion, he defeated death. They had no clue that was coming. No, they did not. And so that mystery as to why that was happening was hidden from the world. That's right. Because if if they knew that when Jesus died, they lose, then then Satan would have never entered Judas to spur this crucifixion along. Right?
3: That's right.
2: So (coughs) he kept it in. And God was just so far ahead. It's like God's over here playing Xbox while demons are shooting marbles. You know what I mean? It's like he's way advanced. He's way out ahead of good. And he totally outwitted the
3: devil.
2: You know, and when it was over with, he goes down into hell, takes the keys, comes back, na-na-na-boo-boo, you know, I win. And... Oh, okay, hold on. I got ahead of myself. I think I got a little I get yes. so excited talking about this. You know, because it, it's so it, it explains it and it makes it so much more real yes. as to how we're saved and why we're saved. Amen. Alright, Paul goes on. Um He explains the purpose of Christ dying, saving the church, and everybody that receives him. Alright, so now Paul gets to share this mystery as explaining how Christ defeated the devil, Amen. how he saved the church through this one act, through this crucifixion. And that's a, that's a big deal. Mm. All right, so back to the principalities. We know that they've been beaten. We know that they've been humiliated. Yeah. You know, they were shown as fools. Yeah. So who are they? They're definitely of the unseen realm. They're not flesh. Mm. Okay? They're angels, in quotes. Okay, they're angels. And we're going to dig deep into how, how they're angels. Okay. Um, some of this is, it's just worked out this way. I, I talked to a man, I talked to Kenny about this too. Um, this guy, he's a Franciscan monk. Okay. He's an actual robe-wearing monk, lives in Ireland. I talked to him for over an hour just a couple weeks ago. And he explained to me, that during the intertestamental inter-testam- period, okay, so it's in between the two testaments, there's the Old Testament and the New Testament, and there's like what, 500 years, four or 500 years, 400 years, yes. 400 years in between the two. Yes. Okay, that's something we don't even think about. But in between that time, the Jewish scholars, they started digging into what the heavenly host was, because the heavenly host is mentioned a whole lot in the Old Testament. Um. So they they're going through the the scripture, you know, it's the same same Old Testament as their Torah. So they're digging through that and they're digging through their you know extra canonical texts, you know, like the Book of Enoch and all this. And they're they're just weeding through it all. And it's the same stuff that the Second Temple Jews, you know, of Jesus' day, they're studying the same stuff, okay? And they're figuring out the orders of angels, the heavenly host. And um, he went on to tell me what these nine orders of angel are. And it's a whole lot. And we're not going to get into all of that. But what we're going to talk about is this Christian theologian and another monk, he was also a writer, his name was pseudo Dionysus. He compiled all the categories and orders and he explained the nine orders of angels. I'm sure we've all heard that before, that there, that there's these nine categories. Okay. Um, basically what it is, it's ranked kind of like the military, okay? You have God as the commander-in-chief, and then you have rank and file beneath him. Angel is a title. It's not a who, okay? So you have these celestial beings, these heavenly hosts. They are an entity, but that doesn't make them an angel. What makes them an angel is when they're given a mission, because mm-hmm. the word angel means messenger. Yeah. Okay. So when they give they when God assigns them with the with the task of sending us a message, they are now an angel. Yeah. Okay, it's just a title. Mm-hmm. It's not a who. Yeah. All right. So that's how they they we we lump them all as angels. You know, like just the
4: Bible, it, it says a lot of angel of the Lord. Yes. It's just a messenger of the Lord. That's yes. to
2: to give a message. Yes. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. You see a lot of visitations like that, and then in the New Testament, you know, through translations, they kind of lumped these things okay. into just say angel. Yeah. You know, because it just makes it a lot easier, yeah. just to, to to not try to we you know weave through what is a cherubim. You know, what is a seraphim? Yeah. Uh, those are different types of beings, and they're described in the Bible. But we just call them all angels, you know, to make it easier on us mm-hmm. um, for simplicity. Yeah. All right. So when you go through these orders, you have angels, archangels, thrones, and it goes so on and so forth. But in that list is principalities and powers. So they are in the list of angels. Okay. Um, the princes they're sons of God. They're referred to as sons of God quite often in the Bible. Bo, um, oh, is that like the
1: place? Um, I hope I didn't. Get no, no, no,
2: you're good. Okay, like
3: the the principalities and powers in the air. It's the second heaven. That's where they're ruling it. Correct? Is that, it's like here. Yeah. It's like here is the, you know where the birds fly is the first, where you know just above our head basically right. to the clouds is the first. And then the second one is... Between the, us and God. Yeah, the, the, like the space, you know, from the clouds into outer space to a certain point. That's, yes. That's the second heaven, correct?
2: Yes, okay. and that brings up a good point. Because these angels, these principalities, obviously they're not good because they're against us, right? Yeah. So these are fallen angels. Yes. Okay? They still are titled with principality. They God holds them in their place. And they don't sound right, but I promise you I'm going to explain all this here in a second. Um, These are essentially like archangels and the like. You know, they're high ranking, and they're kept in that place by God, but they are fallen. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when you think about unclean spirits, you'll see in Job even that the devil can approach the throne room, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: right? Yeah. these demons approach the throne room. That's why we call Jesus our advocate.
3: Yeah.
2: Because it's very legalistic in that world. When we sin, we mess up. They have legal authority to afflict us. Jesus is that advocate. No, they're covered. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he wouldn't be called an advocate if he wasn't advocating for us. Yeah. You know, so he, he's defending us in that realm. Yes. Okay? So... God kept their position for His purpose. And I'm going to back it all up right here. Let's go to Psalms 82. 82? Yes, sir. If anybody's not familiar with the verbiage in this psalm, it's kind of weird. It's the whole thing. Yep, there's only eight verses. Go ahead.
4: God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations.
2: Amen. Amen. Alright. So God is talking to who? These other gods? Yes, these other gods. Which, you know, where there's one God Almighty. Right. One capital G God. That's right. But he is in the congregation. He's at the divine council. He's, He is in the throne room. Mm-hmm. Like he, he opens the door. It's filled with these gods. These lower G gods. All right? The American Standard Version says, in the midst of the rulers. Rulers. Same terminology that they use for principalities. A couple of verses ago, right? right now they're being referred to as gods. So principalities have this authority, and that kind of explains that. Um, the problem is, in in this psalm, God's talking to them. He's telling them, "Why did you treat people this way? You know, I gave you this authority, I gave you this this power, and you're abusing it. You're abusing these people. So for this, you're going down." Yeah okay and he he's going to drop the hammer on them. yeah um but they they were they were given this authority these principalities were given authority over dominion over these nations over these regions yes and they become corrupt because people revered them as gods yeah. and you could think of that like the pantheon like the greek gods yeah. the roman gods That's right the norse gods yeah. come over here to america yeah. and you know all the you know the, the pagan gods these these were deities being worshipped, but they were lowercase g's, okay? These were just who God allowed to have dominion. And because they were glorified, they became corrupt. And that's all explained here in the Bible. Um, there's a whole lot more about it. Um, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Verses
3: 19 to 22. I got it. Okay. By which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was... Was a preparing wherein few that is, few that is, eight souls were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities, and powers being made subject unto him.
2: There you go. So if that's making any sense at all right now, what's going on? Um, I'll read it in the American Standard. Okay. In which also he went and made proclamation to the spirits now in prison, who once were disobedient when the patience of God kept waiting in the days of Noah. That's talking about Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. The fallen angels come down. They took wives, they had offspring, the Nephilim, right? You remember that? Yeah. Okay, so these disobedient fallen angels, same ones, um, who are now in prison, all right? Mm -hmm. Now, if we go to Jude 6, it's just a couple books back. All right, it says here, and angels who did not keep their own domain but ob- abandoned their proper abode, he has kept in eternal bonds under darkness for judgment of the great day. Mm-hmm. All right, so he had put angels into their domain. He gave them dominion, and they violated him. Yeah. Right, so so now they're in chains. So you, we would think, well, if, if they've been captured or imprisoned, how do they still affect us? Again, look at this in a very realistic world. All right, look at this from a legalistic worldview. How do mob bosses carry out hits from prison? Right, they have cronies.
3: Yeah.
2: It's the same thing. Yeah, they true. got there's demons. Yeah. You know there's little <laughs> imps. Yeah, they come yeah. out and they're they're still attacking us the same exact way. And it, it's all laid out here.
3: Well, oh, you think? Um a question i think that sometimes people might have and uh to understand it yeah now do you believe by what you study in scripture and 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 anybody you know have your input on this do you believe there was two sets of fallen
2: angels or just one i believe there was at least one uh, there was there's a the great rebellion Right. you know um but was it? Was it? Do you think, by what you study,
3: Sam? You might know about this as well. Remember, because a third of the angels disobeyed God and, and went with Satan. Mm-hmm. And then, but we also read that then there was the sons of God that looked down at the daughters of men. Right. Now, are they? Do you believe they are the same group, or was there a different group?
2: I believe they're a different group. I believe that these, uh, these watchers, these were these principalities, mm-hmm. and they were. You know they were around us. They were being worshipped by us and revered by us, and it corrupted them. Um, I believe angels have free will, just yeah. the same as we do. They obviously do,
3: yeah,
2: they, yeah, right? They, they or they, they wouldn't be able to defy God. That's right. So yeah. that would open up the: Could they do it again? Yeah. Well, hypothetically, yes. But it's not listed here that they will do it again. So no, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. we we got the whole book
3: here. Yeah,
2: Amen. Um, I hope that this ain't. I hope I'm not just too sporadic with this. I'm hoping that this is all tracking.
3: You're
2: good, you're good. Okay. Um, Just to keep with the same point that the fallen angels have dominion as princes, we're going to look at Daniel, okay, chapter 10. And this, this shows it a little more clearly even. So... If it's hard to keep up with this, I'm sorry.
3: I and mean, if anybody's got questions, just feel free to ask. Yeah. 10, 10, 10.
2: Yep, Daniel 10. I got my bookmark and I still can't find it. <laughs> Now, Daniel Daniel chapter 10, verse 5, we get a glimpse and description of who I think is Jesus. I don't know if you guys have read that before. Um, Kenny, you want to read that? Daniel chapter 10, verse 5. Okay,
3: yeah. And it says... Then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold and ufass, or
2: yep. or a rough ass. Yeah. And he oh. goes on to, to explain that his body was like barrel. His face had the appearance of lightning. His eyes were like flaming torches, his arms and feet like the gleam of polished bronze, and the sounds of his words, like the uh, sound of a tumult, like rushing waters. So Daniel got a vision of the Lord there, right? I'm going to tell you why Daniel got this vision of the Lord. Um, He was in prayer, right? Um, And fasting. He had fasted for 21 days, trying to get an answer to his prayers. And if you see here in verse 12 through 14, if somebody wants to take that one, you'll see he gets visited.
3: The same chapter?
2: Yep.
0: I can do it. Go ahead. i got the new key though. That's fine. Then he said to
2: me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God... Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Mm. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was stood me 21 days, and behold,
1: Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia.
4: Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision...
2: Refers to many days yet to come. All right. So, did y'all catch all of that? Yeah. It says, He was visited, right? Right. And the angel told him, Do not be afraid. of what the angels always start off with. Yeah. Do not fear because they don't quite look 100% like us, probably. They kind of <laughs> glow or something <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. And he says, You set your heart on understanding this and you humbled yourself before God. Your words were heard. And I've come in response to your word. So God sent this messenger angel down in response to Daniel's prayer. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia went into battle with this messenger. So his prayer was intercepted for 21 days. His prayer was intercepted. And then Michael one of the chief princes, okay? Michael, that Michael, yeah. the archangel Michael, is a principality. Yeah. But he's not a bad principality. It doesn't say that all principalities are bad. No. It's, just, it's just a title, yeah. right? Yeah. So Michael, a chief prince, and you're going to find out who, who he has dominion over here in just a second. He came down and he jumped into this battle and relieved this angel, which we'll find out at some point. I guess it's Gabriel, okay? He comes down and he delivers this message to Daniel. But this entire 21 days, Daniel's fasting. So Daniel's at battle too. So these these principalities are fighting each other to come and answer his prayer, to give him some relief. And this whole time, he has humbled himself before the Lord, he sacrifices food, and he's in this weird fasting.
1: Um,
2: It's different than... He's not just giving up all food. He's giving up certain things. And people will talk about it now, the Daniel fast or whatever. All right. So we'll go to verse 20. It says his prayers are getting answered. Let's go on here and read this. Yes. So this angel told him, Sorry, I got held up. Michael come in here. So working on that principality freed me up to come down here and deliver this message. You're heard, right? Verse 20. Then he said, do you understand why I came to you? But I shall now return to the fight against the prince of Persia. So I'm going forth and behold, the prince of Greece is about to come. All right, so there's a principality over Greece. There's a principality over Persia. Who knows who, what principality this guy, you know, what Gabriel had? If if he's even a principality, he's just part of the heavenly host and God's like, "You send this message," right? And Michael come and relieved him. But he's like, "Look, I got to go back because there's more coming." Right? There's more there's more fight to come. Yeah. The
4: Principality
2: of Greece is a bad guy too. Yes, obviously. <laughs> obviously a bad guy. So Persia and Greece. And here's the thing, I'm I'm probably getting way ahead of myself, so I should probably read my notes. Um, What's going on in heaven is going on on earth. I'm going to explain that here in a second, too. Um, Amen, Amen to that. Yes. Now, it says in verse 21. Let's see here. Yes. Here's the giveaway. It says, however, I will tell you what is inscribed in the writing of truth. Yet there is no one who stands firmly with me against these forces. So there's only two good principalities apparently coming around right now, except Michael, your prince. So Michael is the principality over Israel. And to this day, Israel is protected, right?
3: Praise God. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: If you think, you know, God as the commander-in-chief, look at Michael's like the secretary of defense. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. He's just like <laughs> right right there ready to do whatever God tells him to do. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that is very awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is very awesome. If you go to Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, that's okay, just the next, about a page later. Daniel twelve. <laughs> oh. <laughs> y'all can pass notes or something. <laughs> All right. And this this just reiterates it really. Um, this is more for for me than y'all, I think. It says now at that time Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise. That's just letting you know again. Michael is the chief prince over Israel. He is the principality. In the spiritual world over Israel all right let's see so yeah he's the highest ranking angel he's the one who chains Satan but even at that in Jude Michael says to Satan the Lord rebuke you because that's above his pay grade to rebuke Satan to rebuke means to admonish, you know, to, like, give him a tongue-lashing kind of thing, yeah. you know, shaming. Yeah. Um, Michael's very name, the name Michael, means who is like God. But it's a question. It's not a statement. It's not saying that he is like God. Yeah. It's like Michael, his very essence is telling you that nobody is like God.
3: Amen.
2: Right? Amen. So that's how that's how close to God Michael is. Like, I don't know when he created Michael, but they've been boys for a long time. Alright, so Daniel fasted in this unique way for 21 days. And during that entire 21-day battle in the heavens, he was battling his flesh and giving his faith in God. And that commentary that I got out of my study Bible, it says that um, this, this whole lesson, you know, this this whole portion of the story lends as an example that what happens on earth is affected by by heavenly struggles. Okay, so our prayers are heard. Yes. They're being answered. But our prayers that go up are not just heard by God. So they're, they're being intercepted sometimes. Yeah. There's, there's that battle, and that's why we have to have faith and hang on and see it out fast if we need to, pray hard, keep calling on the Lord. Amen. Fervently. Fervently the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, right? That's right, Right. That's right. All right. Let me go on down here. Yeah, like I said, we don't know for sure how many principalities there are, but it's often correlated to the 70 that Jesus sends out. Because Jesus sent 70 out two by two to the nations, mm-hmm. right? So we get a little hint that at least there, there's at least 35. Because if we're going out two by two, yeah, it must be 35 nations. Yeah. So there's at least 35 principalities, and we know Michael's one good one. Whoever this messenger was, Gabriel, if he's a principality also, if he had that title, yeah. then that 33 out of 35 are bad, yeah. at least. We but, don't the know. Good, but the good news is that there's
3: two-thirds of good angels and just one-third of...
2: Right. Like the bad yeah, things. that little glimpse you get in Revelation that yes. <laughs> uh, like he sweeps us down a third yeah. fall with him. Yes.
3: Yeah, so it's uh, that's the good part that
2: there there is more of the good. Than yes. The ones that fail. And here's something else to think about. Um, if they have power and authority to this day, it's by God's will. And now, why would God allow something bad to have authority? Right. We're going to get into that too, and it, it don't That's even good. sound right. No,
3: it no, don't.
2: No. <laughs> um, because you know God is love. That's right. so it flat out. Yeah. Okay. God uses unclean spirits to exact punishment, to guide you to your purpose, and to protect you from making worse decisions. Yeah. Right. Amen. Um, Some something bad might happen to you. You know, I like, I don't know, I could fall and break my leg going out to the truck, but it might stop me from driving out of here. And getting into a wreck and dying. That's right. You know? Amen. So, we're going to explain a little bit further in with Scripture instead of using just a bunch of goofy analogies, okay? We're going to look at Saul. Let's go to 1 Samuel. We're going to go to chapter 19 of 1 Samuel. Verse 8, 8, 9, and 10, 1 Samuel. 19. Chapter 19. <laughs> and this is showing you. I know I keep bouncing everybody around. This is just to show how God uses unclean spirits or evil spirits. Because yeah. um, this heavenly host, I want you to think about it. It's it's like if we would gather people, not everybody's going to be a good guy.
1: No.
2: Right? No. This, this heavenly host, don't think of angels as just good guys. Yeah. It's, it's a divine council. There's going to be good and bad people that agree and disagree. It, what's on earth is like what's in heaven. Yeah. Okay, so there's this cluster of people. All and, right. You
3: know boy that's why, you know, when the Bible tells us that there's going to be a time and that makes sense why God would have to create a new heaven, yes. and a new earth. Yes. Because and of,
2: because of like
3: corruption you're talking about.
2: And we judge angels at one point. Yeah. Amen. Why would we have to judge angels if they weren't bad? Yeah. <laughs> that's true. All right. That's true. That's a good thing. All point. right. So, 1 Samuel Chapter 19, verses 8 through 10. Does anybody want to read that? You want me to just read it real quick?
0: I'll read it. Go ahead. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul as he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand, and David played with his hand. And Saul sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence, and he smote the javelin into the wall, and David fled and escaped that night. All
2: right. So an evil spirit from the Lord, right? Yeah. <coughs> Was on Saul. We're
0: going
2: on the to the, huh?
0: Did you say go to play?
2: No, no. Okay. no, you're good. Uh, so an, an evil spirit. From God entered Saul to the point where he tried to kill David. Now, why did he do that? He allowed it. Amen. He allowed well, it. Well, he 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 sicked that evil spirit on Saul. Yeah. Maybe
4: yeah. to give to give David a clue, but hey, Saul's not great. He don't like
2: you. Because David is anointed. Yeah. David is chosen, <laughs> yeah. and this is going to push him to his purpose because yeah. David is so faithful to Saul. Yeah. He's sitting there playing the heart for him, like you know, just be a good guy. You know, I love you. And so he's got to really push David away from Saul. And so he uses this evil spirit to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, now look at Ahab. This is going to be in 1 Kings chapter 22. 1 Kings 22. 1 Kings 22. Somebody talked about this the other day too, I think. I think so. Uh, <laughs> Verses 19 to 23. I absolutely love this. Okay. this yes, please do. Is that Micah? Micaiah? Micaiah. Micaiah said,
4: Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and all the hosts of heaven standing by him on his right and on his left. The Lord said, who will entice Ahab to go up and fall and ram re- off lead? And one said this while another said that. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. The Lord said to him, how? And he said, I will go out and be a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And then he said, you are to entice him and also prevail. Go and do so. Go We're ahead. Now, therefore, behold, the Lord has put a deceiving spirit in the mouth of all of these, of these your prophets. And the Lord has proclaimed disaster against you. Boom.
2: Yeah. So, right here, God's in the heavenly host. Yes. He's taking he's taken suggestions from these spirits. Yeah. Okay? Now, God already has his, his end. Yeah. I'm going to get Ahab out of here. Yeah. So, he's entertaining them what do you guys suggest we do to get there? So if he's listening to them, how much more will he listen to us, right? He, Amen. He's hearing us. Amen. And this is an example of how God will allow us to use the path we need or the path we might want, but it's going to get to his end,
4: yeah.
2: right? And this is just a good example of that. That's good. And so he lets this one angel or this one, sorry, this one heavenly host say something. He's like, okay, what else you got? Yeah. And then somebody else, okay, what else you got? And then a third one, he's like, That'll work. Yeah. That'll work. I'm gonna to get to what I want. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah. And it's an unclean spirit. Yeah. It's a it's a spirit of lying yeah. and deception. And he puts it on all these prophets. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then eventually it kills Ahab. Well right? it's like you
3: said, and the story goes, they're all like four hundred, like you'll be fine, you go out there and you're gonna win the battle. Yeah, and everything's gonna okay. And, uh, but see how, how the that's how being obedient to the word, he's talking about obedience, being obedient to the word. Jehoshaphat says, well, wait a minute. Do you have one that's a man of God?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Do, you, do you have one that's truly a man of God? And Ahab say, yeah, I get, we got one and I hate him. Because every time he tells me something, it's something I don't want to hear. So Go ahead then. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, so it's like that's why we gotta be obedient, as you said, to the word. And what we're learning and growing is that because there is forces
2: out there that's gonna try to distract you. And since we know now that these principalities and powers aren't really good guys, and that this heavenly host is a mixed bag, is it any wonder that some of them are like I'll go be mean to these people until <laughs> it happens, you know? you know. They look forward to it. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's all right here. It's like I would have never believed that until you know you start doing the the legwork, start reading into it that you know you think God, you think good and wonderful and sweet and kind and God has a a plan.
4: Yeah.
2: And God's plan is going to be seen out.
3: Same thing. We can go back to Joe. Joe. Joe,
2: Kenny. (laughs) 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 Yes. Joe, I mean. Don't forget your man, Paul. Yes. Amen. All right, let's do that now. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 12. Wonderful. It's a wonderful name. 2 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 9.
3: 2 Corinthians 12. I, I tell you what, I'm really enjoying it, bro. It's, this is really good.
2: Thank
0: you.
3: Thank nine.
2: God. Seven through nine.
4: And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan loved mm. me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Mm. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Exactly.
2: So God's telling him, I'm keeping you humble. And to do that, a messenger of Satan is right there in you. You In Paul, who was given the mystery of the gospel. Come on. There is... come, Come on. Uh, only a couple of greater men maybe in this whole Bible well, that would be God and Jesus yes, sir. Paul was given a a huge task here, right he's leading the the, he's given the church to the Gentiles to us yes. you know without Paul's work without him being obedient there would be no church here yeah. and he had a messenger of Satan mm. okay God used an evil spirit to keep him humble enough to keep him on track and when he asked for mercy, God's like uh uh-uh, uh no. Your grace, you know, my grace for you is sufficient enough. Yeah. You've done enough damage.
3: You know what? I'll stay looked, on track. I've looked at that. Uh, listen, people think it, it was it, it maybe an eye issue. The, maybe it was it, because it, it talks about dilation. The mm-hmm. letters were written bigger. Was it like some kind of infirmity? They've talked about like head lies. they talked about all kinds of things. The persecution of the church, the early believers, everything. That, but we only know, like you said, it was a messenger from Satan. Right. Whatever that was. Whatever, whatever that, that was. Like whatever that was.
2: So. Um, but how else does God use the heavenly host? Just like Michael, yeah. God assigns each one of us a guardian angel Amen. or a guardian Amen. heavenly host. Yes. You know, okay, we call them angels, okay? <laughs> um, but if we go to, and I wish Zach was in here, Psalms ninety-one eleven. My favorite psalm.
3: Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Psalm ninety-one, eleven. 11. Yep. I got it. Okay. For he... Shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways.
2: Yes, my version says so. He charges his angels, uh, charges his angels. I mean, man, I got tongue tied. <laughs> concerning you, yes, yeah. for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Amen. Right, that's a guardian angel. Literally says it's a guardian angel that you have. Amen. So we get some help, right? So our nation may be under dominion of principalities and in subjection to the God of this world, but we are in the shadow of the Almighty, Amen. which is also in Psalm 91. Yes. Okay? Amen. We abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Because 1 John 4.4. 4. Oh, that's a good one. You can paraphrase if you want to. Yeah. 1 John 4.4. four. 4. Mm.
3: Thank you,
4: Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I have a Yes. You are from God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he who is in you
2: than he who is in the world. That's right. Amen. So Amen. we have to know that no matter what's going on out there. Come
3: on, brother. Amen. Right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you, Lord. So
2: we fast. We pray. We humble ourselves before the Lord. Yes. We repent, and we love like Jesus, and then we put on the full armor of God, which is Ephesians six thirteen through seventeen. Yeah. Um, I'll just paraphrase because I know I'm running really long. If Roger was here, he'd tell me to shut up. But now, problem. That's two
3: and a half hours. It's just stand, boy.
2: <laughs> But you know, we put on the you know the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. We stand our feet in the preparation of the gospel of peace. We take up the shield of faith, and that shield of faith is God's faith, mm-hmm. because our faith fails. That's right. His faithfulness is our shield and bulwark, Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's God's faith. And the sword of the Spirit, which is God's word, all right? Amen, amen, that's good. Um, we, start, we sharpen our sword by staying in the word. And if you think about it, you can't even spell the word sword without the word. Ooh. Right? Ooh, I like that. Right, you like I that? A really really like little something <laughs>
3: extra for yes, you? Ooh, I like it. <laughs> I like it. That's good. And,
2: and then we resist the devil. Um, it, it makes sense also that right after Peter speaks about disobedient spirits in uh, 1 Peter 3 19 and 20, we already read that. But then he goes on to tell us not to be surprised by their attacks. That's right. In the very next chapter. I mean, I'll, I'll just read it, make it quicker. Um, 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 it says beloved do not be surprised by the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you and it explains that if we humble ourselves and cast our anxiety on God which is chapter 5 Verse six and seven, therefore humble yourselves under the almighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And we resist the devil and temptations, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world then verse 10 is coming. Right? Mm -hmm. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself perfect, confirm, (laughs) strengthen, and establish you. Thank you, Lord. And then who gets dominion? Him. To Him be dominion forever and ever. So, what Peter is saying here, in chapter 5, I discovered through my studies, It's the exact same thing that Daniel was going through and exercised in chapter 10. You know, he humbled himself. And the angel even come down and said, look, you've humbled yourself. You know? Daniel does all these steps that 1 Peter lays out verse by verse what to do. You know, you're going to be attacked. and. In fact, two verses ago is who's attacking you? Come so on. it's coming. Yeah, come on. This is what you do and then God will perfect and establish you. It's just like the
3: woman at Canaan, she kept humbling herself. Even when she was called a doll, she said truth Lord. She could have got mad and right. saying, what kind of what kind of ministry is this? You what you're supposed to help people when right. you call me a doll. But she kept humbling herself and the humbling is what God He loves when we humble ourselves in front of him and He he gets the glory. To know that
2: He will take care of yes. everything we need to take care of. Yes, He will. And um, so the correlation it, it becomes obvious. We need to get into Daniel 10 and live that way. You know, when when we have something that we need to an answer prayer for, yes. we need to behave this way. And that Daniel fast. He explains what it is. And it might be something that we can incorporate, you know, in, incorporate into our own our own prayer life. Yeah. So we need to armor up. Plead the blood, claim the blood of Jesus. Endure hardships as good soldiers of Christ, like it says in 2 Timothy 2.3. And remember that we don't fight for victory, but from victory. I saw that posted the other day, and I thought that's perfect. Because we've already won. Amen. Okay? Paul explained that in Ephesians, that Jesus already won, and he, he shared that with us. Amen. So we need when we go into these battles, know that we've already won. We've got to endure it. Amen. And that's all I got. That's good. That's it for this week, guys. Thanks for listening. If you want more content, if you want to submit your own story to be on the show, if you want to listen to past episodes, or if you want to donate to the show, you can do all of that through thebumppodcast.com. So just go there. Uh, explore the website check it all out if you want to sign up to be a member it's super cheap it's just $1.75 a week you can cancel it anytime get in on uh, all the the new latest and greatest stuff we have going on all right so again thanks for listening i love you god bless
1: Has not been told No more tears No more
2: If you're personally ready to submit your life to God And accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 9 Says it really simply That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. To be born again, to start a new life as a child of God, to join God's army, to rise up against the evil forces that you know are all around you. You don't have to do it alone. I love you. Jesus loves you. And may God bless you.
1: Phone in.
2: Be prepared for anything that could happen in day-to-day life or when disaster strikes, from the office to the outdoors, then please go to squatchsurvivalgear.com and check out the packs that they have to offer. They're made in America, and I mean every single piece of fabric, hardware, buckle, and frame. All the labor, too, is right here in America. So when you buy from Squatch Survival Gear. You're supporting multiple small businesses right here at home I've become good friends with Chris um, he, he's a military vet so all of these packs are made to mill spec all right so they're all military standard packs they're good for everything these things are virtually bomb proof I promise you I own two of them I have the rock ape and the mothman pack they cannot be beaten I've, I've had gear all my life. I had gear in the military. I have gear when I go hunting. I have gear for camping. The Squatch Survival Gear changes the game. Alright? I, I take one to work every day. I take the Mothman pack with me to work. Just to use it as a regular backpack. But it's so functional. It's it's just unbelievable quality. Alright? So please, go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com Now, to save 15% site-wide, I encourage you to use promo code 23BUMP, that's 23-B-U-M-P, to save 15% site-wide. Do you love coffee? Of course you do. Who don't? I'm drinking a cup right now. Sobervet Coffee is a military family-owned company that brings together a love of coffee and and support for military-affiliated people in recovery. Sobervet Coffee donates 20% of net proceeds to charities that support military and veteran mental health. Co-founders and spouses, David and Christina Beardsley, built Sobervet Coffee to connect current and former military families that are in the community of recovery. This specialty third wave coffee is roasted to order. So you are guaranteed the freshest brew. It's available in whole bean or ground for your home brewer. And listeners will receive a 10% discount with the code BUMPBELIEVERS. That's B-U-M-P-B-E-L-I-E-V-E-R-S. BUMPBELIEVERS. Go to SoberVetCoffee.com. Find the blend you like and order a batch today. I believe in this coffee, because I believe in David Beardsley. I served with Dave, we deployed together, and I love him like family. God bless you, and God bless America.